Welcome to episode five of the Three and D podcast. I'm Mark King. I'm Joseph Walter. We got a lot of good stuff for you today. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, well, not not a lot of stuff because it's still uh, September in in the NBA and has, has not started up yet. But close. We we'll talk about the we'll talk about the Cavs completing the IT deal, getting an, another second round pick. We'll talk about the youngest players that have to stand out for the Memphis Grizzlies. What Vince Hunter means for the Memphis Grizzlies. How many players they have on the roster. We'll talk a little bit about Marcus All and our good friend Tony Allen is gone, and a few other things here at 3D Podcast. We welcome everybody in. First and foremost, let's get to a little bit of NBA news. Let's get a little bit. Uh, the really only thing that's happened in the past like three weeks, two weeks. Uh, we took the week off last week. I thought I was going to be on vacation uh, to my, with my family to Disney World, but it did not work out because of the hurricane that came to Florida. Uh, we decided that it was not the best interest for our family to uh, drive into a hurricane. And so, decided that. It, you know, we decided to have a little bit of common sense and decide to... We figured, we figured we'd be probably be the only person driving into Disney World at that point. Like, just everybody going out, and we'd be the only person driving in, or only people, only car. Well, if it was still open, I mean, I bet it'd be short lines. It was. It apparently was super short lines, because uh, there were some people that stayed, and my uh, my wife is a, a Disney addict. And so, uh, so yeah, so we, we were supposed to go. We didn't go, so we took the week off, but now we're back. Um, so we'll, we'll be back this week. We'll be back next week and for the foreseeable future. So let's talk about the Cavaliers and the, uh, Isaiah Thomas deal. That's really the only major NBA news. Um, they Cavs went back and came and told them that they needed a second, another second round pick to complete the deal, which I think is like, that's a serious baller move by whoever the Cavs, General manager is some young guy. I have to look it up, but that's a Genius. serious baller move. Genius. We talked about this on the last pod. I mean, like to go ahead and like almost finalize this deal and then be like, hey, yeah, by the way, I'm going to need another second round pick. <laughs> and you know it's going to happen because this deal can't fall through. Absolutely. Like, what, 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 what choice do the Cavaliers or the uh, uh, the Celtics have. I mean, at that point, like what Isaiah Thomas is going to go back to a team that just traded him and be happy. Yeah. And Kyrie, who apparently doesn't even speak to anyone on the Cavs is just going to go right back to the team and be like, Hey guys, I'm back. Yeah. Neither of those things, neither of those things are happy. So like that's some serious cojones. Just like, you know what? I want, I want more. And even like, you know, a second round pick, whatever. Like that's generally, I don't even discern that as like a a big, you know, value. I know they're used a lot just to complete trades. You know, a lot of times they're just like the kind of the cherry on top, the icing. Hey, we'll just give you, we'll give you a second round pick. Um, but even just to get that, like, because you know, that might not mean anything to the Cavs, but it could help facilitate another deal in the future. And like I said, it could help facilitate another deal if they're trying to move that first round pick they got from the Nets. If they say the guy or whatever team is on the fence, say, well, you know what? We'll give you a second round pick. Because I think that some teams value second round picks more than other teams do. Absolutely. And some teams take advantage of their second round picks. I mean, Mark, I mean, some teams even take advantage of their first round picks. It's but, a very rare thing. I don't know what you mean by that because I'm a Grizzlies fan. Um, I This guy. I mean, I think this is the greatest thing that's happened. I mean, he is literally just saying, 
give me another pick. Like, right. No. Give me another pick. I know that you you have to give me another pick. So give me another pick. If I use, you know, like, heck, this guy could end up being a player. I could use a, you know, they're probably just going to end up trading this pick because somehow the Grizzlies are going to give away all their picks and then the Grizzlies are going to freak out because they're not in the draft and then end up giving away four second round picks for two second round picks. And who knows? And then maybe not even sign one of them. That, <laughs> but we'll that, might, that might happen. We'll talk we'll about wait. that a little we'll later. Wait. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the, the kinds on this guy just to say uh, that he doesn't care anymore and that you have to give me a second-round pick is, is pretty awesome. Um, but like you said, you know, some teams actually use that to advantage. Some teams like the Spurs, for example, the Warriors, you know, some teams actually develop second-round picks into role players, and that is, you know, you know, the idea is that, you know, you're not going to hit on every second-round pick because it is a second-round pick for a reason. But the idea that you hit on for one, you know, one out of four, one out of five, you know, two out of five, you should be definitely, definitely be doing that. I can't remember the last second round pick that played useful minutes for the Grizzlies. I don't even, I don't even remember the last second round pick they signed. No, I mean, I don't remember the last second round pick they, uh, you know, actually like useful minutes. I mean, I don't even remember the first round pick they had useful minutes in. So. To, to that's, the, a to, whole, that's, that's a whole other can of worms we're not going to get into probably tonight because that it would be a two-hour-long podcast. K- Kobe Altman um, is the Cavs. I was just trying now. to Google that. Um, and Kobe he's, Altman. He's a young guy, born in uh, 19... I don't think it's possible for... It says, according to... I did a lot of research. I Wikipedia'd him. And he was born <laughs> in 1982-1983. slash Huh. <laughs> I don't think that's possible at all. Um, that's odd. Very young guy, though. Uh, what does that make him? Like, you know, 34? Something like Something that. Something like that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's impressive. Uh, is this his first GM? Is this, is this his first GM job? I'm going to... I think it is. You know, Wikipedia isn't really... I'm sure this is his first GM job, but Wikipedia really wasn't telling me wasn't giving me accurate information. You mean? Wasn't giving me exactly what I wanted. Um, either way, that uh, either way, uh, bold bold move from from the new GM at the Cavs. Uh, step in the right direction. Let's get to some Grizzlies news. Uh, let the I know that's what people are listening to this podcast for. Um, so let's get to the Grizzlies news. And 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 we took the week off, and there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. And then all of a sudden, Monday and Tuesday it seemed like there was a ton of stuff to talk about. And so I, I texted you, I was like, I guess we should probably have a podcast now because uh, we were kind of waiting on something to happen for us to talk about instead of just talk about nothing for an hour, um, as much as we'd love to do that, as much as people would love to listen to that. So some some things kind of happened, um, but I want to start with the first of the Grizzlies. Um, there was a there was a piece on our, our Grizzly Berry Blues side. By the way, side note, Official um, Grizzly Bear Blues podcast now for the 3 and D podcast. So um, we are kind of officially part of the three, the Grizzly Bear Blues network. We'll we'll be on uh, Grizzly Bear Blues podcast channel. There will be some posts about every time we have a podcast. We'll post on the grizzlybearblues.com, um, the podcast itself, and a little write up as well. So just a side note, super cool. Uh, Joe Mullen, ex site manager over there, is a is a good friend and letting us do awesome things. So uh, shout out to him. But there was a, a couple uh, articles over there um, about the young players, and uh, I'll have to look up who the articles are by. I think it was by one of our good writers, Jack, uh, Jack Noonan. Noonan. Yeah, I think that that's correct, right? 
Jack Noonan. So Jack had this idea of who, uh, just talking about which young player is going to actually contribute significantly or stand out. And I say you, the five players are Jarrell Martin, Andrew Harrison, Wayne Selden Jr., Wade Baldwin, and Deontay Davis. I say you, three or two of those players aren't even going to be on the roster after training camp. What do you think? I think that <laughs> I think speechless. That this, <laughs> speechless. I think that I look at this group of players and I want to cry. Um, That's the future of the Memphis Grizzlies, Joe. I'm real excited about it, as, as if you haven't been able to tell. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, that. I mean, there's no way we're going to be able to keep all all of them. There's no way all five of these guys make the team. There's absolutely no way. And there's no way that, as far as I'm concerned, I'm looking at two names in particular that have no right being in the NBA. Jarrell Martin. Jarrell Martin. And Deontay Davis. And Andrew Harrison. See, I, I, could, I could go with Jarrell Martin, Deontay Davis, or Wade Baldwin, and you and and, and, and Andrew Harrison. It's, it, I mean, I will give Andrew credit. I mean, he, he came a long way last year. He came a long way. Let's just talk about just just from the just from the standpoint of significant minutes or just significantly uh, standing out. Uh, my bet would be on one of two players. My bet would be on Andrew Harrison just for the simple fact that he went through the year last year as a backup point guard, even though he was terrible at times. But he earned a lot of respect from the coach and staff. So. I will give him the leg up there just for the simple fact that he already has an in with the coaching staff that he went through last year as a backup point guard. And the second person I'll say is Wayne Selden. I think that he has a legitimate shot, especially with the injury to Ben McLemore, to come out of the gate and and actually show why he earns minutes in the league and show why he, he can play in this league. And so those are probably my two players. And the other three... It, it wouldn't surprise me if they're not even they don't even make the roster. See, I, the there's one player in this group of five players that I think is I think can play in the NBA, and that's Wayne Selden. I, it's really yet to be seen, but just uh, you know, great summer league performance against, of course, young players. He's the oldest and, guy, and don't forget, Wayne Selden had to guard Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs yeah. last year, and did. A pretty okay job. I mean, as okay of a, that, he was Kawhi Leonard in that series was the best NBA player in the league. Absolutely, uh, hands and, down. And uh, so, no, I think I think Wayne Selden has a chance to be to be a player. Uh, he definitely has to be able to shoot the three ball a little bit more consistently than he has in his career. But there's no doubt that he is an athletic driver. There's no doubt. Um, so I'm excited to, to get to see him. And like you said, with that injury to Ben McLemore, he should, I mean, that he's going to have, we're going to have no choice, but for him to, to, to play some minutes, he'll have to starting off. We'll have so to. the other player, I think that, you know, of course is DD everybody last year, you know, the, is so high on him and Marcus all loves him. And, but I, I know I watched Summer League, and that was miserable. I mean, he had – I mean, how many goaltending penalties did he have? I mean, it, it was, was like – It was like – I mean, I felt like he got a three goaltends a game. So, But I think that he's still – just his size, his athleticism, I think that 
he's still somebody that you know we've got to grow we've got to see what he becomes he's still so young and so raw but you know somebody that may be able to become a you know a player two three years down the road but you know i'm interested to see what happens i think the the other three i think way baldwin andrew harrison Jarrell martin uh, Jarrell would be someone i you know he has he's probably the most athletic guy on the team and yeah, just I mean, Drell doesn't it, know how to play basketball. He 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 looks lost. I mean, here's what else. Let me go back a little bit to Deontay Davis. And here's why I'll, I'll kind of say why I don't believe in him. OK, and it's not. That, well, let me phrase that. It's not that I don't believe in him. It's that, that I don't believe in him in the, the Grizzlies organization. I like you. I saw him last year. I wanted all of the Deontay Davis. I saw the flashes. I loved it. And then. I physically went to summer league and sat courtside and did write-ups on him every game. And it was like, he get, he got the ball and he would not look at the rim. He wouldn't even look, he would just, he would get it and pass it away. I mean, he was so, he was so scared to either screw up. I, I don't know. You know, he's either so scared to screw up or he is either so scared to, do the wrong thing or make the coaching staff mad or, or whatever it is. I'm not sure, but like he never even once looks at the rim. And so that for me, even if you're in summer league and you can't like, you can't take a guy out to dribble or you can't, you know, post, but back someone down as a post player in summer league, there is not a lot of hope for me that you can do it in the NBA because I know a lot of people always say you can't get anything for summer league. You can't. You it's it's nothing. It's a wash because all the players are terrible. But guess what? You can get something when the players are bad. Because if they're bad against bad competition, they're going to be awful against good competition. And maybe he surprises me. I don't know. But that's just me looking at this and going, "Hey, like these guys are terrible." And he can't even. He doesn't even want. It. He doesn't even want to shoot the ball. And that that for me is a a scary proposition. It, when I look at DD, the you look at one. There's one, almost one factor in so many of the power forwards these days, and them being successful, and it's motor, it's effort, it's rebounding. He doesn't do any of it. No, none he does of that. Not. He does not do any of those things. The problem is he he can he can rebound efficiently when he wants to. It's just, I, like you said, it's the motor, it's the drive, it's the want to. I don't know if he has that. No, he doesn't see the ball up in the air and say, you know, that's my damn ball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get it. I agree with you. I agree with you. So I think, I think we're both probably on the same um, uh, line here with Wayne Seldon Jr. Probably the being the most, uh, either in a position to succeed or just being able to succeed in, in this Grizzlies roster as it's currently constructed. Again, I don't honestly see Jarrell Martin even being on the team. I think they're probably done. Um, it would surprise me if he made it because let's move on to let, let that just let's just let that move on to another uh, topic that we're going to talk about is the players on the roster, um, how many players have on the roster, and then they just signed Vince Hunter to a two-way contract, and so this adds one more player to the roster. And we were doing our count. Uh, I think we're at 19 players. Uh, including Ivan Rabb and Jamichael Green, who have technically not signed, but we're including them because we feel they will. And then if you want to include this fellow named Jeremy Morgan, who would make it 20, 
players on the roster. We were doing our research before this on basketball reference in which we find both to be the most successful or most uh, spot on reference guide for basketball and for NBA. And then there's a guy named Jeremy Morgan who apparently signed a contract with the Grizzlies um, on July 9th. I don't know who Jeremy Morgan is. Uh, and so I don't know who Jeremy Morgan is either. And I am quite certain that I have been on basketballreference.com since July 9th. I don't know if it's a typo, but I've, I, 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 I'm with you. I haven't seen it before tonight. So that's weird. Um, so if you want to include him, we're at 20. So if anybody wants to hit us up on Twitter and talk to us about Jeremy Morgan, I'm, just tell us who the hell he is. I'm all good. Like send us a YouTube video. Do I mean, I'm sure that I could just Google this and find it, but it, I don't want somebody to. help us. I have no idea who this guy is. No idea. Just tell us who the hell he is. Yeah. That's all Don't we care about. I okay, can so tell you right now that he went to Northern Iowa. I couldn't even tell you that. I don't even know where you got that from. <laughs> um, I clicked on his bio and I got guard. He's right-handed and he's 6'5". Uh, so anyway, so let's let's talk a little bit about Vince Hunter. They signed him to, to a contract. This is a little surprising for me because I think, I think Vince Hunter could have made more money overseas. And so... Having him assigned to a two-way is kind of surprising that he even agreed to it. Um, you know, the, the two-way contracts and how they work. Um, so, basically, he's going to make $76,000 as a two-way contract if he just stays in the league altogether. But each two-way contract can be called up to a team for 45 days. That's not games. That's just physical days with the team. And so... If they are called up for the full 45 days, they would make the 270, no, 200 and like 81,000 or something like that. It's it's prorated basically. It's uh, every day they're with the team, they get uh, a proration of a minimum salary for the uh, for the NBA. And so I think it ends up being like 282,000. It's 204 or something. I don't know. It's somewhere around there. So. The only thing I can get is maybe that's like a wink, wink, like nudge, nudge. You know, you'll get the 45 days with the team to get you the full 280,000 or whatever it is. But still, I mean, he's a perennial, like, and he's a perennial summer guy. He's a perennial So, hold on. I'm overseas a, I just guy. want to interrupt you. Uh, but I just want you were at Summer League. You sat courtside at all the games. He played. I mean, he closed all, pretty much every game out for us in summer league because yep. Drell Martin and Deion Davis couldn't do it. Um, Vince Hunter. You know, it's nothing. There's nothing that stood out. I mean, either good or bad, and and that's that can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. There's nothing that I saw that was like, oh my gosh, we have to sign Vince Hunter. But I I knew who he was before that because we signed him to summer league like every year. Like he's a perennial summer league guy. Um, he was better than he was better than everybody because I think that he should be, and he's one of those goes along the lines like with Dwayne Selden. Like I expect those people to be better than all the other summer league guys because they've been here before, they're older, they know what they're doing. But you know, nothing that I saw that would that would say like I think that the Grizzlies should sign him because he provides something that they don't have. Um, and so I think this will go the way it will. He will be with the team all year. He'll get his forty-five days, and then that will that will there will, nothing will happen. The problem with it, if he signed a two ways, that now he's 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 stuck to the Grizzlies. He's done. Like 
He can't go sign another team on a 10-day contract in February. So if another team has an injury at his position, he's just he's out of luck. And so it was very surprising that he and that's it's very surprising that he signed that contract because a lot of the best D-League, D-league players are not signing two-way contracts because of the limitation that they have per the team. You know, they can't there's not the the kind of fluid mo- movement that they had before that they can go here on a 10-day, go there on a 10-day and hopefully get picked up for the rest of the season. So what I have to say on this is we've been we've been so I don't know about you I'm pretty sure you're the same way I've been so excited about these two-way contracts because just just like you said the a position of need for some other team can't get hurt and immediately just take your best prospect sure um out of the D league like I mean like we did with Jermichael Green from the Spurs so I've been so excited about these two-way contracts, Mark. And then and I'm, I'm very excited about our, you know, the the first signing of the two-way contract, Dylan Brooks. I'm very excited about it. Kobe Simmons. Oh, Co- I'm sorry, Kobe Simmons. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, you know, like I'm ready to go walk down and watch him play for the hustle. Absolutely. I am not excited about signing Vince Hunter to a two-way contract. You know, I'm not either. Isn't but but this... like I said, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for you for just a minute. And I and for the record, I, I love the idea of the two way contracts. I think it's a step in the right direction towards like a farm system, kind of like the base, kind of like baseball has. But here's the thing: is that all right? So like, if if you there are thirty, what you know, uh, two two every every team has a two way contract. So the sixty contracts, right? So sixty two way contracts. So like, if you you have an injury, you need it let's say power forward. Well, guess what? Vince Hunter and Kobe Simmons are neither one of them are power forward and everybody gets hurt and you need to go sign a 10 day. Well, the next best 60 players technically by design are unavailable because they already signed two way contracts. You can't go and get them anymore. And so now you're in a situation where you have to go get basically the guys who would never be in the D league anyway, or maybe have a chance to be in the NBA to go fill that spot. And so it's kind of, it's good and it's bad because it really it limits the players and it limits the teams in a very very uh, unfortunate way. Sometimes I don't know if the will the Grizzlies will, themselves will get in that to that situation, but I think you'll see that situation in the NBA this year, to where they you know people want to do something or players want to do something and they can't. Um, that being said, I, I I I'm a huge fan of it, but like you said, I'm not a fan of the Vince Hunter signing a two way contract. I think it could have been used in a very different way and that will lead me to my next kind of discussion is we all i think everybody on social media we both thought that that would just be ivan rap that would just be his position because they had already signed it like 83 players before uh, july was up and there was no real place for ivan rap so everybody thought that ivan rap was just going to slide into that two-way contract but now vince hunter's there so what 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 are we doing? I know you you literally texted me to say like, but what are the Grizzlies doing? I, I don't know what the long term goal is anymore. I don't either. It's I don't think it's to win basketball games. <laughs> if you want my god honest opinion, it's not to win basketball games. I mean, I don't I don't understand what's going on, what we're doing, any I mean, what why would we waste assets 
to draft Ivan Robb, and then now we have literally nowhere to put him. We have Correct. 20 play. If you count Michael Green. And, and Jeremy Morgan. And Jeremy, we have 20 players. And Jeremy Morgan. And got to get down to 15 before October 20 or October 20 or 16th. Something, I don't know what the date is. It's the middle of October. It's after preseason, right? So you got 20 players. You got to get on 15 before October. So originally the idea is we'll just trade those players, right? But here's the problem if you trade players or if you're now in a situation where you, you're going to trade players because every other team, they know you have to trade players. They know we have to cut somebody. We're going to have to cut people. They know we're going to they know we're gonna have to cut people. So guess what? Instead of them just giving up an asset to get whatever they want, they're just going to wait until October the 16th until you cut four players and they're going to go sign them. There is literally no leverage anymore. I'm not real sure that we have four players that are signable. I, I don't. I'm. I'm not. It's not that. It's <laughs> but, not that big. You know, if, if you cut like, you know, if you cut Chalmers for instance, he's like twenty five thousand. I mean, it's not that yeah, big a deal. Yeah. Even if you go, even if you go in and cut where I cut Jarrell Martin, it's really not that big a deal in the like financial like cap kind of like you know cap hit kind of things. Like it's it's dead money at that point. Yes, but it's really not that big a deal. But you would like to think that they would have like foresight and go out and get something for whatever the players there. You know, if you know you're going to want to sign Mario Chalmers, you can foresee that. Well, let's try to move a player out of the way first and then then put someone in his place instead of just hoarding all these assets. And now you have nowhere to go. You have nothing to do. And no team, every team knows that you have to cut players. Like they, they, everybody knows the rules. Like 20 players have to get down to 15 by a certain date. With like, two of them on the right. two-way. And, and you know, yeah, our, all the two-ways are already taken, so you know they're not going to do that. Yeah. So uh, do you think Ivan Rabb will be on the roster? Let me rephrase <laughs> it. If, if he isn't, I'm going to be livid because you just wasted two second-round picks to get him. Two. And we talked about earlier, yeah, they're not that big a deal, but they do facilitate trades. And, and, and then it's another, like, really black eye on the front office if they go out and say, you know what, we're just going to let him go. I guess I could technically stash him at this point still. But if he's not going to sign a two-way contract, he sure as shit isn't going to go. Like, he's not going to go overseas and get stashed. There's no way. He thinks he's he was supposed to be, like, a top-ten pick, and that's what he thinks he's supposed to be. A couple years ago, yeah. Right. I wish that I could talk on this more, but I have no blank and clue what we're doing i, 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 I literally either. have no idea and it just it hurts me to my heart it hurts me I, all i want us to do is win basketball games and watch a good product and i mean i mean there's no such thing as grit and grind anymore so i don't i don't i don't know what we're doing i hope that they have more foresight than i think they do because I would love to watch a great basketball product for the next five years, but it damn sure ain't looking like we're gonna. I'm with you. I I hope for the sake of everybody, they have more foresight than we do. However, giving the reputation of the front office and given the previous years, I don't think they do. And it doesn't have a whole lot of faith. They don't, they have not given me a whole lot of faith. Like there were front office that have done. They drafted Mike Conley 10 years ago. They did draft Mike Conley a decade ago. That is the only thing they've done since then, unfortunately. And so, like, if you, if we had a front office like the Spurs, I would just say, you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
but I'm not sure we can still do that. Let's let's um this is just making me angrier and I know it is you as well. So I'm let's just laughing. At this point it's, it doesn't matter anymore. Let's move on though. Um the I'm other interested <laughs> to see what we'll do to cut it down to 15 players. Well, we don't have that much longer as we talked we about. We will find out shortly. We only have a few weeks before the first preseason game, so we'll know very quickly within a month of what is going to happen with the Grizzlies and who is going to be there and who is not going to be there. Um, let's move on. The other news that came out uh, a couple of days ago, Tony Allen signing a deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. So it is official. I think we all knew it was going to happen. It was going to uh, eventually uh, part ways with the Grizzlies, but he ends up signing the with the Pelicans for minimum vet minimum vet is that minimum. correct vet, vet minimum and so that that's a that's a tough one um you know everything that a lot of people who are Grizzlies fans all they know is Tony Allen like a lot of just just think about that you know like a lot of kids what it that have grown up with the Grizzlies from 12 to 11 10 years old and now they're 17 18 all they know is Tony Allen, and he is the reason that people are fans of this team. And so, it is a big deal. I know that, like, it's I think it's such a foresight or you know foregone conclusion that he was going to be gone. It people are just like whatever, but it is a big deal for a player of that caliber to leave. And I say caliber, I mean just overall. You know, his community uh, things he did in the community, the marketing slogan that he came up with the Grizzlies for himself. You're welcome you know, his play on the court. So, I mean, I know you have a lot to say about this and I'll let you get to it, but I think that for the Grizzlies, it was clearly even even more clear now than before it was a, we don't want you, not we can't pay you. And for the Randolph situation, I think it was more of a, we can't pay you. Not that we, we don't really want you, but if we could afford you, we might just keep with you. But with Tony, it was definitely, we don't want you. It's not that we can't pay you. Vet minimum is vet minimum. That's nothing. So that's unfortunate, but it is official. Okay. (laughs) Get on your soapbox. Let's do this. Here I go. So Tony Allen has been everything. I mean, he is the spokesperson of the Memphis International Airport. Um, I'm going to start there. Uh, But so... When, like you said, there's there's so many, there's a generation of Grizzlies fans that Tony Allen is Grizzlies. Tony Allen and Zach Randolph are the Grizzlies. There's a whole generation of them. I was lucky enough to, you know, I was growing up, you know, when the Grizzlies moved here. I remember going to, you know, games all the time in the Pyramid. You know, I, I remember those days. I was there. I watched them. They were horrible. It was, but it was so exciting because we had an NBA team. Um, Tony Allen and Zach Randolph coming to Memphis brought in such, you know, a drastic change in culture when they came, when they came to Memphis, it was, it's, it's unbelievable and undeniable. When, when you think about the things that the Grizzlies have accomplished in the last seven years, as a compared to the things that they accomplished before um, those two players arrived, it's, it, it's unbelievable and there's so many, there's a lot of, you know, writers and 
thing that give Lionel Hollins all this credit for the culture that he created in, you know, in the locker room and such. I mean, that culture was created by Tony Allen. That culture was created by Zach Randolph. I don't care what anybody says. So now that we have David Fisdale in, and and I like Fisdale, don't I think that he's going to be a good coach. I'm excited to see where we go and how we play without, you know, especially with no Zebo on the team at all anymore. It's, you know, things are going to be different. They're going to have to be faster. Um, it is what the Grizzlies not signing Tony Allen to a Venomum minimum contract is one of the most absurd things that has happened in this franchise. Not only can we not draft now, we don't even give a shit about our fans. I'm going to talk about the fandom for a minute. So how many number nine jerseys are in the stands? A lot, a lot, tons, tons. How the dang growl towel, you know, like grit and grind is what it says on it half the time. The whole city goes by grit and grind. So I I think that Fisdale had a big part in not wanting Zebo and not wanting TA, wanting to change the culture. And if he wants to change the culture away from grit, grind, away from hard nose, let's play defense, basketball, uh, he wants to change the culture away from that. Then I don't know what he wants to change the culture to. Who who right now are we in a dogfight, and who do we look to? Mark Gasol, who's probably bitching because we don't play enough team basketball, or arguing some call from three minutes ago. You know who are we gonna? Is, is that who we're? Are we having whiny marks at the culture for for Grizzlies basketball now? Tony. And Zebo brought the culture that we have, brought grit and grind. We, every year, every single, I mean, they put out the odds for how many games we would win. You, you heard any podcast, you heard any radio show, national radio show, and they'd have us winning 25, 30 games. We came out every year and won 40, 50, even 60 games. You know, we didn't win 60 games. We won 40, 50, high 50. I mean, we we performed well. We beat top teams. You know, that's what I want to be a part of. And right now, if if this culture switch is is what we think is good for the Grizzlies, then I don't I I have no I have no clue what we're doing. This is to, I mean, to not sign Tony Allen to a vet minimum, even just to appease your fans, is just ludicrous, absurd. And um, I'm I'm cheering for him in New Orleans. He's going to be here the first game of the year, which is just the, it's going to be a heck of an opening game now. Probably have a bunch of tears coming down my face <laughs> when I see him in a different uniform, and you know that's that's me being a fan. I know that you know. I've watched all these games every time we're down 10 points. We put Tony Allen in the game. He makes a big play. He makes a big steal two in a row. We're down six. The crowd goes crazy and we make a run from there. How many times has it happened? Probably 50. Yep. Every, every turnover Tony Allen's probably ever had or every mistake he's probably had, in the game, you know, he's a he was always the guy that would was going to go out and make up for it. 
no matter what. He was going to go get a turnover for his turnover or vice or, you know, anything that he made, any mistake he made, he was always going to go out and be that guy. Um, you know, as, as, as I have been very critical of Tony Allen on my Twitter feed for uh, quite a, quite a number of games. Uh, and, and it's all there. You can go look at it, but I hated some of the things he does. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you said, it, it was very much a culture that he created. I mean, he gave the Grizzlies the damn marketing slogan to use that they've been using for how many years now? I mean, it was like the marketing department couldn't have done any better. Well, the I mean, the marketing department didn't even realize it until Chris Vernon started doing it. That's Literally, very, they that's didn't very even true. realize that they had given that that Tony Allen had given but them gold. They, they ran with it. I mean, to you know, like they. You know, at some point they realize, and like, this is like you said, it's the same thing. It's on growl towels, it's on shirts, it's on everything. You know, G and G is like just synonymous with like the Grizzlies now, and synonymous with Memphis. Absolutely, I mean, it's it's taken and formed into like the city itself, and so I, it's very it's very interesting to see where it will go. Like you said, um, I'm not sure if it was, and I will just I will say this. And that if you do sign, if you sign, re-sign Tony Allen to vet minimum, I think he he wants to play, and he thinks he needs to play, and so I think it's a and position. So do I. I I I probably agree with you too, but I'm just talking from the front office perspective and from Coach Fizdale's perspective that if he's on the roster, even if, even at a vet minimum, he in his mind thinks he should play, and they're not sure if they can play the style of basketball they want to play with him on the court. Um, that is that that will be something to, to tell very early on in the games what style of basketball they want to play or need to play or think they have to play to be able to compete with the top uh, top teams of the Western Conference. And so we'll see that very very early on what they what they mean by that, if they can do that or not. So um, Tony Allen gone to New Orleans, it's official. He signed with them. Um, it is it is tr- it is truly the end of an era with Zach Randolph and Tony Allen gone. Uh, as we've probably talked about before on this podcast, Zach Randolph and Tony Allen were one one pair, and Mark and Mike were another pair. And those two pairs were very different people. And those two pairs responded very differently on the court uh, to things when they got tough. Um, you know, like you said, Zach and Tony were those guys that would go. They would throw. They would throw hands, and they did not care who was in front of them. They want to win. They want to win, at, at, at all at, costs. At all costs, they will fight whoever they need to fight. They will tell Kendrick Perkins, Kendrick Perkins, and will whoop their ass in the middle of a free throw. They don't care. And then follow. Try to get in the locker room after the game. They will. They will kick Chris Paul in the face. It does not matter. They will. I remember that that. The, uh, Steph Curry shot a free throw, and Tony Allen just put his hand in front of his eyes, or a three pointer. Like they do not care. So that is a big deal. It it, it like it really is the end of an era. And I'll be honest. I mean, I was not a Grizzlies fan when they came here. I was not. I was a Tigers fan. My dad and my brothers, growing up, that's what we did. We went to Tigers basketball games. I was a huge basketball fan, but was was not really a Grizzlies fan. Um, right before they got here, right before Tony Allen got here, Zach Randolph got here, I started to become a fan. And then that is really what most people, my story is like most people's, whenever Tony and Zebo got here and changed the franchise, changed this franchise is really 
when you really started people saying, you know what, this is a team I can root for. Um, and mine started a little bit earlier than that, not too much earlier, but they, they got here and that really, that solidified it for me. I was, I was all in by that point. And now I probably say I'm a bigger Grizzlies fan than I'm a Tigers fan, just because of what the way things have gone in, in both areas. But, uh, but again, you know, um, we could probably talk about Tony Allen stories for two more hours and I know people don't want to listen to that. So they might, I don't know. They might want to listen to Tony Allen stories for two hours. I might. Number nine. Any other, any last, last, last favorite Tony Allen moment. Favorite of all time, or two or three favorites. Already, uh, my favorite is when he kicked Chris Paul in the was, face because I hate a, Chris Paul. That's a top really three passion. for me. I really love the kicking him in the face. Um, I think you've got to go. I mean, you definitely have to go back to the you know, of course, the all heart grit grind, cephaloches of the world. <laughs> The Abaka's little world. And then, um, let's see, what's, I mean, and then every steal, the, the, missed layup, rebound, put back. Every missed every, layup. It's so every frustrating. single one of them, I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss them so much. And I, front office, if we only win 30 games this year, it's on you. And. It's on you. That's Shout all out. I gotta say. It's on you. Shout out to Tony Allen. Here we go. Last thing on our last thing on our agenda. We spent a lot longer on Tony Allen than I thought we were going to, uh, but I should have known. Once we get talking about it, we can't stop. Last thing, uh, Joe Monix, as I mentioned before, our site manager at GrizzlyBearBlues.com. Uh, really good writer, even better site manager. Uh, did an article about Marcus Saul. It's called uh, basically the dream of Marcus Saul, and it's time to let it go. So I want to talk to you about this. Uh, we're hopefully going to have Joe Monix on next week, and he will talk to him a little bit about his article as well. But I want to talk to you about it, and the it's basically this the the idea of Mark Gasol. And if you haven't read the article, go to grizzlybearblues.com, uh, take a look at it. It's still on the front page, read it. It's a really really good piece. Uh, Joe is an excellent writer. So it's about the idea of Mark Gasol, the idea of aggressive Mark Gasol. Uh, we've never seen him. He's yet to appear in any games, really, uh, in any like, large stretch of games. Um, is it time to just be okay with who we have? Is it time to just say, you know what? This is the Mark Gasol we have. He's never going to be aggressive. He never has been. Uh, it's never going to be. So let's just let's just reel back in our expectations of what he should be. Marcus all is what he is. We and we really did find out what he was when we got rid of Rudy Gay. Thank, thank the Lord Jesus. That's the best thing. Praise Jesus. Done. Um, but we that's when we really found out. You know, we were really Mike Conley has has thrived. You know, really since since we let go of Rudy Gay, and we thought you know Marcus all. You know, he has thrived as well, but, you know, when we're – that was that was 25 more shots a game that when runs Rudy Gay. I mean, Rudy Gay legitimately shot the ball 20 to 25 times a game. He did not care. He got him up. And uh, so when those shots are gone, we were hoping that, the, that 75% of them would come from Mike and Mark, and Mark's just not that guy. 
he's just not. I wish he was, because, man, when he shoots it, he's unbelievable. That stretch where Mike Conley was out last year, it was unbelievable. How did we go 7-1? and one? It was because for eight games, Marcus Gasol took over and was the best player on the court. And I was, I was ecstatic. But the second Mike Conley came back, what happened? The same thing. We just went back to being relaxed, pass first Mark, and that's who he is. If you follow him on, on Instagram or Twitter, every time he's playing with Spain, he always posts about teamwork, and it's all a team game, and team, 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 team. And I love team basketball, but damn it, you're the one who scores, so let's fucking throw him up. <laughs> uh, that's pretty well said. Uh, you know, like I think that the problem is that Mark is not how I say this. He's never going to obviously he's never going to be what we want him to be. And so um, the problem with Mark is that. You go to these eight these these eight games, right? So with Mike in it, but like he's I don't know if he's like just he thinks that just Mike is gonna be mad if he takes a shot. I don't know what it is, but whenever Mike and him play together, he feels like he has to defer to Mike all the time. Um, and so as much as Fisdale has been like the blessing in disguise for uh, for Mike, I'm not so sure it's been that way for Mark. I know he's been starting he's shooting threes more, but. Like you said, like getting him to be able to just be that guy who shoots the ball all the time has been tough. And the only time he did it really was when he knew that he was legitimately the only person because Mike wasn't there. He was legitimately the only person that can make the shot. Like he was it. He was it. And so I'm not sure. Like you don't want to put just Mark on the team by himself and like with a bunch of scrubs around because you're not going to win any games really anyway. You know, long term. So you need to have someone like Mark with or like Mike with him, but getting Mark to understand, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, but getting Mark to understand that his bad shot is better than some people's good shot. Just because someone is open in the corner doesn't mean you need to pass it to him. You could take the shot over the, you know, the twelve footer over some guy and probably still make it. And so get him him to understand that. On the just as far as you know, the the latter, the pecking order of who should be taking the shots, he's one and two. You know, he's one A and one B. Him and Mike are one A and one B in this team, and that's it. So I'm very interested to see with Zebo gone, with Tony gone. I will say this for the last year, I'm Aaron. Very curious to see if he takes a step forward and and is that guy. And because like you know, Zebo and Tony are again account for a lot of shots. You know, several shots that are going to have to be picked up by someone, and so it's a few more by Mike and Mark. I'm fine with that, and he has to be okay with that. I don't think that I'm right, and I don't think that he will do that. I think he will be the same person he's always been. I mean, the only common denominator in this scenario is Mark being the first-pass kind of guy. So as much as I want him to be that guy, as much as everybody does, I think it's time to just let go and just be okay with who Mark is. I mean – He's a he's a he's a works amazing. He's a really good player, and he's not a superstar because he doesn't want to be. No, but if you put Mark on the Celtics, you think that doesn't move the needle? Put Mark on the Cavs, you don't think that doesn't move the needle? I mean, I think it absolutely does, because I think on the Cavs you have someone like LeBron, you have someone like Kevin Love, or he, Kevin Love probably wouldn't be there if Mark's on the because he's probably in the trade, but. 
someone like LeBron who is dominating the ball and like takes so many shots that Mark doesn't really have to be the guy. You know, I mean, he can be the second guy, which is what he wants to be anyway. And the same thing for the Celtics. You have someone like Kyrie now who dominates the ball and Gordon Hayward who dominates the ball. Like in those scenarios, he's just a guy who's really good at basketball and happens to be on a team with other guys who are really good at basketball. I think he would I think he would be amazing on the Celtics. I'm just saying if 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 something happens and we, you know, we're horrible and something, you know, at the beginning of the season we trade Marcus Hall, he goes to Houston. He goes to a good basketball team that moves the needle. Mark is a damn good NBA I, basketball. I, I, player. I think you, I understand what you're saying now, and I get it. It 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 does move the needle for any team because he is he's a really good basketball player. Any team that moves the needle, but I think on the Grizzlies you don't have enough people around him to where it matters. Like if he's it it matters a lot if he's not if he doesn't take his shots. It matters a lot because you lose games. Yep. Someone like a really good basketball team, it doesn't matter that much because you have other people like James Harden or Chris Paul that can take the shots. You just need him to be what he is. But for the Grizzlies, they need him to be somebody that he isn't. And unfortunately for them, I think that it's going to mean losing games. Um, as unfortunate as that is. I hope I'm wrong for the sake of my uh, fandom, for the yeah. sake of just watching good basketball games. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're both wrong, and uh, he's awesome. So... Um, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode though. We've, we've gone through everything. We've gone a little long today, uh, because of, because of Tony Allen, but that's okay. We will, we'll be forgiven. Uh, it's our one episode to, to remember our, remember, remember, remember number nine. So, um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? I think, I think we're good. I think we've talked a lot, but yeah, um, you know, the, there's some general NBA stuff out there, but I, I think we've had this go long enough. Uh, it's the end of uh end of grit grind. I don't care what anybody says. Grit grind, grit grind's gone. When Tony's gone, number nine when you need him, I'm gonna miss him. He's no longer gonna be there. <laughs> you can't I'm find him anymore. Him. I'm gonna miss him. And I, I I bet if he's healthy in New Orleans, New Orleans wins some more games. Again, thanks for listening, everybody. This is episode five of the Three and D podcast. You can find me. On Twitter at King underscore producer. At JR Walter4. That's for Joe. You can find us both on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter. Talk to us. Ask us questions. You can find the podcast in a variety of ways. iTunes on grizzlybearblues.com. Their iTunes uh, feed as well. So there's all kinds of places to find the podcast. There's no excuse for not listening. No excuse for not downloading. We will see you next week. And don't forget. If you know who Jeremy Morgan is, holla. Tweet us if you know who Jeremy Morgan is. We'll see you next week.